What up, folks? What it do? Welcome to another episode of the best advice ever podcast. Yeah, with your boy, Mike Goodwin, the bow tie comedian. And as I start each episode the same way with the on the road again segment. This past week, I was on the road again and again. I was in Fort Wayne, Indiana for a fundraiser, Cross Connections Counseling Services, had their spring thing, boots and bow tie fundraiser. Really nice. Fort Wayne, Indiana. First time in Fort Wayne. And it was cold. I was not anticipating the weather because I'm now traveling primarily. So my travel consists of about three levels. So I have like winter, fall, not winter, fall, but summertime travel. Then I have winter travel. Then I have spring, late winter. So basically what happens is... This has been this is since I don't become chubby bubby, but my fall and winter is basically adding a coat, <laughs> like a pea coat or overcoat, on top. The basic fall travel has been either chinos, jeans, some type of sneakers because I don't want to be. I don't want to be harassed to get my shoes shined. So I, I, I wear some type of sneaker. That's not like athletic. So I'm wearing grown men's sneakers. Now I'm not wearing trendy sneakers. I do have a couple of ones. But for the most part, for the most part, I think that my shoe game, especially my sneak game, is pretty adult. So chinos, jeans, and a hoodie. That's where the magic happens. I have on a I have on a basic button-up shirt, but I have on a hoodie because I don't like being cold. Now, I do augment it where I'll have a hoodie and a vest, like a, what are those, like weather, what, what are those, a feather down, like those down feather vests, like puffy tight vest. So that's what I rode with to Fort Wayne. It wrote, that's what happened when I rode with it, Fort Wayne. I had the vest because I was like, okay, I, I, got the, I got the hoodie and I got the vest. Should have had a coat. Should have had a coat. It was it was kind of maybe, I think, in the 40s. Like, I wasn't, wasn't anticipating that. But Fort Wayne... The Girl Scout. It's a lot of it's a lot of interesting folks from Fort Wayne, Indiana. I think Dave Thomas of Wendy's fame. The woman, the creator of the Angie's List, Fort Wayne. The Girl Scout Cookie Corporate Headquarters is out there. Very interesting. Very interesting place. Had a great time. They raised a bunch of money. I think they raised a good amount of money. We had a great time. And then on Friday, I was in 
Dallas slash South Lake, Texas. Interesting enough, Texas, and I think every place has these burgeoning communities outside of the place. So, for instance, I live in Columbia, but Chapin is a place that's growing exponentially. And Blythewood, where I think a few years ago, you just would have been saying, I'm from Columbia. Even if you were from Chapin or if you were from Blythewood, I don't even know if Blythewood existed 10 years ago. And that's the same is true in, in, in major cities. Now, Dallas. So you say Dallas, but you're in South Lake, which is still Dallas, but it's just these subdivisions. I <laughs> I don't have any beef with Columbia. I'm going to say that. I don't have any beef with Columbia, but I do desire often to live in a real city. <laughs> and no shade to Columbia. When I'm saying a real city, I'm saying a, like a grown-up city compared to cities that are adult cities. I feel like I feel like Columbia many times is a teenage city, maybe even a toddler city. So I'll give you a great example of when I say an adult city. Chess clubs. Chess clubs. You can throw a rock. If I'm in a major city, it's not difficult to find multiple chess clubs. Like, Folks are playing chess in the park. There's a, there's there's a there's a plethora. Just do it. Let you, you know in your spare time. Pick your favorite real city. Now here's a here's a. <laughs> I know population probably has something to do with it, but these are the pieces I'm talking about, and they're very, they're very obscure, random, but it really communicates to me like, oh yeah, that's not. It's not real city. So chess clubs. It would be very simple to find activities that aren't mainstream activities in major cities. Fencing, right? So if you lived in a major city, it wouldn't be very difficult to find information on if I want to take some classes in fencing. I want to broad broaden my horizon. I've looked at fencing. I've seen fencing. I'm like, oh, man, that seems to be something interesting. Let me Google fencing in the city I live. Oh, I got to go to a major city. I got to go to Charlotte to find a fencing club or fixing tutorials. You probably can do some of this stuff online now. But I'm an in-person kind of guy. So fencing, chess clubs. Now, that, this is not what I'm talking about specifically. <laughs> With chess clubs, this is this is another example of if I was in a major, you live in New York, you don't have a hard time finding place to pe play people in chess. City I live in is one club, and if that club's not active, it ain't no club. There's no club. But what I'm talking about in particular that that notifies to me, hey man, it's a big city. Is what? How early can someone get you in an Uber? So I typically fly at. It's not uncommon for me to fly at four forty-five in the morning. That's not an uncommon 
boarding time for me. That flight may leave at 530. I don't even know what time flights leave. I only look at what time they board. When people are like, oh, your flight don't leave at 530. I'm like, yeah, but it boards at 445. That's the number I'm concerned about. So in Columbia, if I got up at 3 o'clock, 3.30, and I put in an Uber, it probably wouldn't be anybody to come get me. And they wouldn't probably be able to start getting people until maybe 6 o'clock, 5, 6 o'clock. And I definitely cannot reserve an Uber. Now, this is also me speaking from maybe six months ago because I've been super rental car. I hadn't been, I hadn't been Ubering as much, but I've been super rental car in a, in a real city. You can open your Uber app at any time of the night. Now, what was interesting that I was in Dallas, I was in South Lake and not Dallas, that it took someone about, 15 minutes to get to me. Now there was there were people on the app. They just were not around the corner. So they had to drive over to South Lake to take me to the airport. So that's one of the things when I identify is this a real city? It's like, can I get up at three o'clock in the morning and get an Uber? And there's some cities that you can't. Now ain't no shade on that city. I'm just telling you. It's much easier to navigate in a big adult city. You know, typically what I'm thinking in general, if there's professional sports teams, that really is a great identifier. And if it's more than one, then you're like a real, like that's a, it's a city. It's really a city. And even some of the, 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 some of the brands that you, you know, I, I want to purchase things from, Again, here in Columbia, we don't have an Apple store, which is baffling to me. So I have to go to Augusta, Georgia, which I don't think is a grown-up city. But they have a Apple store, and they have a Cheesecake Factory, and they have a Top Golf. I think those are things that a major city should have. And you know how many of those things that Columbia has? Zero! But... I'm not here to throw shade at Columbia. I was just here to share you with you. I was in a in a, an adult city this weekend at Dallas, Texas. The Men's Summit at Gateway Church. Incredible. Phenomenal. Every time I go, I've been only twice. It, it really is inspirational. It's encouraging. The way that they do ministry at the level that they do ministry is just all is 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 jaw-dropping. Is is staggering. And it's encouraging. So I had a, a tremendous time with my uh, buddies out in South Lake, Texas for the Men's Summit. Great word. I had a wonderful set. It was a good time. It was a it was a funky good time. Then I got home on Saturday, and then I took myself to Myrtle Beach for an AAU tournament uh, where I watched my son sit on the bench for two days. <laughs> I got to talk about this AAU tournament a little later. So that's on the road. Now, for the good stuff, the segment that you've been on the edge of your seat for, you've been salivating. Hey, man, give me the best advice ever, Mike. 
This is a personal one. This is, and I'm, I'm really, I just started saying this on stage and it's, it's, it's heavy. It's heavy. So you, you might want to have be seated. I'm going to share it from my perspective. Now you may be able to make an adjustment to it, but this is some advice I'm giving young fathers or fathers in general, but especially young fathers. And this is an advice that I didn't get that I wish I would have gotten. It's heavy. This, this is like my buddy. I was talking to my buddy last night. You like this, this, this is bars. What I'm that, what, what I'm about to say. So the best advice ever for this week, this is advice. I wish someone would have told me when I was a young father. And that advice is simply father, the children that you have, not the children that you wanted. Bars. Look. And this is me. I, this is me navigating in my personal life. I think with my daughter, I really didn't have a lot of the child that I wanted because I, I don't, I don't, I always thought about having a boy. Want me a little man. I want me a little boy. Right. So raising my daughter, I didn't have any preconceived notions about what my daughter did, nor did I try to do things with my daughter that I would have wanted to do with my son for the sake of a replacement. Like my daughter watched love sports, but I think that doesn't mean that, I wanted to be watching sports with my son. Like my family is a family that enjoys sports. So that it wasn't. Now, if I put her in basketball, I would have specifically been doing some boy stuff with my girl. And that, and in many instances that may turn out absolutely fine, but I think we've normalized you. I hear people say this often, especially women. My daddy wanted a boy. He really wanted a boy. And, and they're fine. You know, these women are thriving, flourishing, but I don't know if that's a component that they needed in their life. Is that something that they needed to carry? Yeah. My dad was a little disappointed, not in me, but in the fact that he didn't have a boy. I think that, I don't know. I don't know what that does, but I know for me, when I came to this realization, my son is not a younger version of me. Cause I, that's what I wanted. I wanted my young self to be a father to the way that my dynamics was in my brain, the way that I was parenting and, and fathering my son. It was as if he was me as a child. And he isn't. He's him. <laughs> I am him. He's him. And I had to make an adjustment. And it, it's, this is a recent adjustment. This is not like I've done this the last seven years. Like this is probably within a year. Maybe six months. Where I'm raising my son 
to be who he is, not to be who I am. Or even from the paradigm that he is who I was. And it's it's kind of, I mean, I don't, you know, it's it's something that I've I processed in with my therapist and, and talked about in counseling. But indirectly, I'm I'm frustrated about things that I see, and I'm I'm looking at him from the paradigm of me. And and not from the paradigm of him. And so I'm I'm adding all this extra baggage and expectations and unnecessary frustration and anxiety because I'm not allowing him to be himself. I am desiring for him to be me, a version a new and improved version of me. Like you're the raw material of me 2.0. Like you're going to be stronger, faster, sharper than I. It's like, no, man, this guy's an original. This is one of one. He's not a, a, a copy and paste. He's not a duplicate. And when I began to at least one acknowledge that, it began to change how I interacted with my son. I just was, I'm talking to him for, he's a great example. If I'm talking to my son, I'm talking to him with this kind of hard nose, hey man, you know, Bobby Knight type of coaching style. I need, I, I like, that's the kind of coach I like, but not my son. My son, you know, if I, if I, you know, I, I, I get stern with him, I can tell. It, it, it bothers him. It, it makes him, he doesn't, he doesn't, that's not his environment to flourish in. That's not, he didn't say, oh man, this man's raising his voice. He really, man, he really is serious right now. He really is. My son, I used to, Folks raising their voice and, and carrying on, as my grandmother would say. So now that puts more of a barrier between the two of us because I do this thing that he just, he shuts down. His circuitry is not wired for that approach. But because I'm thinking he's a younger version of me, I'm like, man, come on, what are you doing? Man, you got to toughen up and all, all, all these other things is like, nah, you probably need to change your approach. You need to change the way in which you engaging with him. Because if this doesn't produce optimum results, what, what are we doing? <laughs> I don't cuss, but this was a great opportunity to like, to cuss. Because if the thing that you're doing doesn't work, well, I be <laughs> like, why are we still trying to do it? So I offer, I offer you that advice and, and you can do with it with you what you will. It may be your job. It may not, you know, Prepare for the job that you have, not for the job that you wanted. It may be your marriage. 
Now, I, I do understand in saying that a marriage is a scenario where you can make it the marriage you wanted. Now, you might not make it the person you wanted, but you can make the marriage be the marriage that you wanted. If you if you nurture it and you you produce that. I've already produced my son, so I can't reproduce him. Now I need to equip him and and raise him and and love him and and nurture him, parent him, not to do those things into making him a better version of me. I need to make him reach his potential and his gifts and his abilities. So that's heavy. That's something that I'm, that's a current real reality. I'm, I'm, I'm processing my life through. I'm actually doing this on stage. Fathers, parent, the children that you have, not the children that you wanted. Yeah, that was kind of heavy right there. That was a heavy one. But I'm out, man, that, that would have really helped me avoid some of the pitfalls and obstacles and head bumps and headaches that I've encountered. And I, and I would not say that my son and my relationship isn't a good relationship. I think it's like I'm a great dad. I think I, but I I've, I got flaws. I got issues. I have, I have um, gaps, blind sides, and it is truly, it's been a process in evolving. <laughs> you know, I thought about when you, you when you talk about parents and your childhood and life experiences. Your people often say, "Man, my parents did the best they could do with what they had." I'm like, "Nah, <laughs> my daddy, you could have did a little bit better." You could have picked up a book or something. You could have went to a seminar. I think I might have said this before, but I really feel that way. Like, yeah, I can't say that he did the best. He did some stuff. He, you know, he did what he did. He did his thing. <laughs> so, parent, shepherd, appreciate whatever that 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 word that you can replace, that adjective, that adjective. The thing that you have is most important, not the thing that you wanted, the thing that you always said. Oh, when I get a son, he goes, that's not, that's not who this guy is. And I'm good with that. But it took me quite a minute to get there. So since I'm heavy, let's stay heavy and talk about the mind of Mike. I've been trying to, I've been referencing this for the last couple of weeks. So I hopefully I'll have an opportunity to talk about and kind of process it out a little bit or at least communicate and share. So something happened with a few months ago, maybe back in November, October, in my personal life with a family member. And it caused me to reach back out to my therapist and say, hey, Cause I was, you know, I I done therapy back in nineteen. One of the best decisions I've ever made. It really helped me to uh, work out some some soul issues, some childhood traumas, some things that happened in my life, and how I was seeing things really helped me to organize my 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 mental wellness. 
if I've not communicated this before, I I was basically raised to be angry. Like I literally, for probably the bulk of my adult years, had heat in my chest. Like I would, I would get that angry where I felt like I was a nuclear reactor. Like I just, I was simmering. My pot was always, the, the eye was always on. It didn't take much. The I was on, which was interesting because this weekend at the AAU situation, I'm leaving the men's conference with worshiping God. It's 4,000 men. Oh, it's such a high experience. And then I get to the AAU thing and almost get into multiple fist fights with people. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm, I, I'm really like, I don't think I would have gotten to a fist, but it was that type of energy. It was fist fight energy. So I might have to talk about that next week because this is not enough time. Let's let's focus on what I was started with. So I had a family member had something happen, and it I didn't realize at the time. And I reached back out to the therapist. It caused me grief. I was grieving. What's very interesting about that? I never associated grief with anything else but loss. So, for instance. Only time I thought you could experience grief was when you had death of a loved one. Someone died. It was a funeral. You experienced grief. Well, this scenario caused grief and the person didn't die. The person is still here. But I went through a grieving process because I grieved my perception of who I thought this person was. It made me begin to question a lot of how I looked at this person, how I treated this person. And I literally was grieving, not knowing that I was grieving. So, for instance, you may break up with someone. Your heart may be getting broke. Your heart may be broken. That's grief. You may lose a job. Grief, you know, and I think words like depression, um, I'm low, I'm a little down and not like grief is a real part of that, which again, I had no, and I just never thought about, man, I would grieve something that's still alive. Even to that point, I haven't broken up in, you know, so the, so the grief and the pain that I've felt, I mean, I've been married for 23 years and I, I often think about like, I've had a couple of breakups in my life and, and I've had like, oh man, it, that hurt. There was grief, but so there, there haven't been things that has happened that I've grieved. You may be a team, a loser game, but I don't, a little hurt, a little disappointed, but I'm, grief. So one of the insights I recently received, like you can grieve without losing a per that, that was earth shattering. And hopefully one day I'll be able to just talk about freely what happened, but it was something that really sent me, it sent me an emotional spiral. And then that coupled with what I'm already dealing with, with my dad was just like, grief 
on top of grief. And my both of these people are still here. Like the <laughs> the thing that I experienced that caused this grief, I didn't lose anyone. Or I lost people. They're here, but I've lost the version or or who I remembered these people to be. Now, that's not very funny. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I took y'all down that very dark dark road but that's the that's the inside uh who the mind of mike oftentimes when when folks will talk about comedians it's like oh i bet you mike's so funny around the house and i am i am i all day for the good portion of yesterday when I, I got home and we were watching some of the nba games i just kept singing lord that chicken from Popeyes." i just kept saying like randomly i probably did that for three hours Love that chicken for Popeye. <laughs> and my daughter looking at me like, yeah, that's par for the course. This is what this guy does. Like, there's something that tickles me, and I just keep doing Love that chicken from Popeye's. I just kept saying it. Speaking of tickle, I was at the airport, and, uh, you know, they often call people up for their passport. And the lady was like, uh, if Mike – Tickle is in the boarding area. Would you please come up to the... I was like, this last dude, last name, Tickle? <laughs> Not only was his name Tickle, they, he, his wife just got married. They had T-shirts on. And she had her shirt. I didn't, like, stop him. I saw it. It was like, he just made me Mrs. Tickle or something. I was like, yeah, I guess you got to lean into it. You got to lean into it. If your last name Tickle, you got to own it. Well, thank y'all, man. It was a little heavy. This is a little heavyweight championship podcast of the world. This month, there's going to be no on the road. I'll I'll be on the road doing some AAU stuff, but I'm taking the month of May off. Uh, We're just chilling, not chilling. I'm I'm, I'm putting together some content, taking a deep breath, gearing up for this tour and, 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 and many of the things I have out on the horizon. So, I may just go right into the, the information next week as opposed to on the road, but I will be on the road. I think we're in Greenville. I'm going to Greenville to watch my son sit on the bench. So that may happen this weekend. Uh, but if you enjoyed this episode, please let us know. You can email us at info at comedianmikegoodwin.com. Tell a friend, post it on your social media. You can also follow me at mikegoodwin.com. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Bowtie Comedy and on TikTok. On Facebook, I'm at Comedian Mike Goodwin. And thank y'all so much for checking in with me. It's been another great episode. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with me. And I appreciate it. And I'll see you back here next Wednesday. Peace.